0: you're listening to an audio sermon by pastor bernard Mulder from household of christ we trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the word of god are you ready for the word of god please stand to your feet you can see all the members are standing to their feet if you're a visitor just stand to your feet we're going to make a declaration of the word of god then we're going to preach the word of god are you ready just declare the word of god with us one two, three. I'm a son of God revealed. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm a life-giving spirit. I accept his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection power in my life. I'm bound to his word and can do what it says I can do. I receive the word with meekness and I'm changed from glory to glory. I have the God kind of faith. I'm the righteousness of God and will never be the same. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. As you take your seat, turn to the person next to you, say, your smile looks better than the last time I saw you. Tell them, keep on smiling. I know you have a lot of things to be happy about. Amen. As a Christian, you might be going through some challenges, but when you know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, there's reason for you to rejoice. There's reason for you to be happy. Amen. I want to share a message today that I trust is really going to challenge you, change your way of thinking, reset your faith about a lot of things that you look at and think is important and valuable. We live in a life, we live in a world today where everything is about what you have. We place value on people, on what they have, what they possess. When your life is all about what you accumulate, There's a very large portion of life that will go past you that you will not even be aware of. Life is not all about what you have. Don't get me wrong. I believe God wants to bless you. I believe that God wants to do great things in your life. I believe in Jeremiah 29, 11, that I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. I believe in it. But sometimes we get so focused on what we have that we miss out on what we're supposed to be. People talk more about having a wife, gentlemen, about having a wife than being a husband. Having a husband than being a wife. Having children instead of being a parent. You can have a blessing and not be a blessing. You can have blessings and not be a blessing. Sometimes people even have a certain way of thinking. I have my way. I have my opinion. Amen? I think the question we have to ask ourselves, are you in a having mode or a being mode? Am I in a having mode or a being mode? You can have a blessing and not be a blessing. You can have knowledge and still not be any of those things. You can have knowledge to forgive and still not forgive. Having mode can make us cling to our opinions and our thoughts. I have the right revelation. I have, I have that sometimes when you have to change you cannot because you're holding so much onto those thoughts that way of thinking if you have to change your thinking it's almost like you you have to let go of a piece of you sometimes people ensnare themselves with their own words i will never and now god challenges you but i want you to change Turn to the person next to you, ask them, are you in having mode or being mode? You know, when you look at cars these days, they've got different settings, comfort and sport and all those things, and you can change the mode. Jesus even confronted those around him and he said, he said, what does it profit you when you've gained the whole world, but you've lost your soul? He's saying, What have you benefited if you have everything in this world, but you're not being who God has called you to be? Not one Ama, Aina, or Amen, or Amen, or. When we are in being mode, our purpose is to express who we are. Rather than what we have. Who would you be if you had nothing? Because that's the way that you would appear before Jesus. Being is more important than having. I want you to think about this. Because... When I started looking this in the Bible, it popped up everywhere. I thought suddenly I was seeing it everywhere where people's hearts are confronted about having and being. Remember, the thing that God values most about you is beyond human comprehension because in your heart, you are made to be like God. Serving is not just something you do. It's who you've become because the greatest servant lives on the inside of you. You can be a servant Because he's on the inside of you. Humility is not something you have. It's who you've become because of your total dependence upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Holiness is not something you have. It's who you've become. Because he who knew no sin became sin so that you can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You can have everything in this world and still not be who God has called you to be. If you are in having mode, you'll find yourself worrying a whole lot more because you'll be comparing yourself to what others have and say, I want to have that also. Blessing is not just something you have, it's who you've become. Ephesians 1 verse 3, you've been blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. If you want to first have before you change, you will never change. But if you're in a being mode, being more like Jesus, you are prepared to change. But if you say, if I only have this, then I'll change. You might wait a very long time before you start changing. Times of worship that we have is not just something that we do. It's who you've become, a worshiper, worshiping God in spirit and in truth because you're linked up with him. Many times we are pursuing things that we want to have, and God say, just be it. We want to have blessings, and God say, just be a blessing. Let's go to Matthew six verse thirty-three. Turn to the person next to you say, Buckle up. Put on your safety belt. It's gonna get bumpy. You're gonna have to reset your faith. Amen. Matthew six Verse twenty four. Sorry, verse 25. Can I say one of the greatest things that we face? All of us need love. But if you're in having mode, having love, instead of going out and being love, if what you are running after is just having love, It's very easy to manipulate you. Because if it's all about having things, possessions, you can become very selfish. And when you're very selfish and everything is about you, it's very easy for me to manipulate you. I'm not going to say more than that. God wants to bless us and give us the desires of our heart but we have to change from a having mode I must have, have, have to being therefore I say to you do not worry about your life what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body what you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing it says life is more than just having things I must have this outfit I must have these shoes I must have that I must have that says life is more than just having things look at the birds of the air for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into the barns yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not of more value than they which of you by worrying can add one cubit of his stature so why do you worry about clothing What shall we wear for after all these things the Gentiles seek? The Passion Translation says unbelievers run after these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Turn to the person next to you say your Father in heaven is aware of all the things you need. He's saying I know that you need to have all these things. But don't let having become your focus. But first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Jesus is saying to them, first be, then have. Most of us first want to have, then we'll be. Lord, bless me, then I'll give. Not one amen. You need to change something in your way of thinking. Because if you say, if I only have, once I have enough time, I'll start serving in the church. You know, you can fill your day with so many things that you don't have time for nothing. Nothing. sometimes you have to take a day off even Jesus took a day off God took a day off I'm preaching to myself more than anybody else right now somebody I heard somebody said that well the devil doesn't take a day off why should I take a day off well whose rules are you following the devil's rules or God's rules because God when he created everything he took a day off amen turn to the person next to you say change your mode Even if it takes time, start changing your way of thinking. Amen? When my kids were much younger, my days were even more fuller, working and churching. So I could hardly see my kids, especially during the week. But then I got into a pattern where Friday afternoons, I tried to spend that time with them. It took 18 months to get into that pattern, but I got there. Amen? It's better to get there than not get there at all. But make a decision not to be in having mode, but being mode. I had a testimony a few weeks ago that really touched my heart about a student. And I thought that was really somebody that's in being mode and not having mode. She had purposed in her heart when she was at school, when she heard a testimony of a lady that we prayed for that got a job, and she gave, I think I've shared with you, she gave the first 25,000 rand to purchase the land. for Somebody that we prayed for, she got a job, and she gave, and she purposed in her heart while she was at school, she said, I want to be able to give 25,000 rand to the kingdom of God, to the church. And she got a bursary, and she said, well, with that money, I'm going to give 25,000 to the church. And then when the bursary paid out, only half paid out. And she still paid over the 25,000 rand. And I thought, wow, it just challenged me. I thought, as a student, she's paying over 25,000 rand. That's a lot. There's many business people that can do it that hasn't even done it. And I thought, you know, there was a whole sermon in that. If we that's supposed to do it won't do it, God will place it in somebody's heart that will trust, and they will do it. But she didn't wait until she had it. not a having mode, a being mode. And the thing that really touched me is because oftentimes when we've committed to do things for the kingdom of God, and you say, okay, Lord, that money is going to come, and when that comes, I want to do that for the kingdom. Usually what will happen, half of that would come, or it will not be there, or only exact, the exact amount that you have to give will be there. And then you have to decide, am I going to go into having mode? or being mode. Who have you written that test? Or is it only pastors that write those tests. You make a commitment to give something into the building fund, and then when it comes, you have to decide, well, what am I going to do now? And it really just challenged me. Turn to the person next to you say, switch on your being mode. And switch off having mode. From Scripture, the greatest title, go read Daniel. When the angel appeared to Daniel, what did he say? Greatly beloved. What does it say about John, the disciple that the Lord loved? What did he say to Peter to qualify him to go into ministry? Peter, do you love me? Your greatest qualification and identity is not having all these things, but being called greatly beloved. Not having all of the. Greatly beloved is the greatest. Amen. Turn to the person next. To you and say, "I'm busy changing modes." <laughs> you know, when I looked at this, when God just dropped this in my week, into my spirit this week, when I suddenly, when I started looking at the Book of Acts, Acts chapter three, the man at the gate, beautiful, he's in having mode. If I can just have silver and gold, Peter says to him, "Forget about having mode. I don't have what you want." But I'm going to be a solution to the challenge that you face. What I have, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, get up and walk. How many times do we lie in front of Gate beautiful Jesus Christ, the answer? We lay in front of him, but we're looking at people to give us silver and gold. I don't want to say much more than that. You come and you have the answer but your focus is somewhere else. That's Acts 3, Acts 5, Ananias and Sapphira. Sold their property, they want to be a blessing, now they're battling with having. And they hold a portion back, he says, why have you done that? Can you see how many times people are writing tests between having and being? Go to Acts chapter 8. Let me go show you something there. So you know this story. It's, it's about the apostles going out and being a blessing. People getting filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit moving revival. And Simon the sorcerer, he sees this, verse 18. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in the matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore of this, your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. If you are looking at what other people have, your heart can get poisoned if you want what they want. He thought, well, the easy way now is I'm just going to buy what they've got. And Peter says you cannot do that. It's not about having it. It's being it. And this is what many people want to do today. Want to take shortcuts with money and buy the presence of God. Buy healing. Buy Deliverance. The anointing is not for sale. When God has empowered you, yes, give the Lord a hand. Having will always make you focus upon yourself, but being will cause you to focus on those around you. If the only thing is you want to have, it's all about you. But when you're being a blessing, it's about those that are around you. Let me just tell you something. If you're going to remain in having mode, it will cost you. There comes a price with just wanting to have the whole time. The truth is right now. Everybody sitting here, you have a need. Turn to the person next to you and say, Your heavenly Father is aware of your need. But His advice is, Seek first the kingdom of God. And all the havings will be added. Family, if we want to finish strong, we have to get out of this having mode and being mode. Instead of saying, I want to have all these blessings and start being a blessing. You can have nothing and you can go pray for somebody, lay your hands on them and start declaring the name of Jesus. That's more precious than silver and gold over this situation. And things will start to change. God is really, if we want to see revival, because when people come and they are desperate, they will give anything for healing. They will give anything for deliverance. They will give anything for the salvation of their souls. But it would be the wrong way. God has really challenged me in this. We heard the testimony of a lady being healed of a serious heart condition. You can never ask her money for that because the gift that healed her was freely received and you have to freely give it. That's the way before God. Many of you, God wants to use you to do unusual things, take you from glory to glory, strength to strength, But if you remain in having mode, you will never have it ever. Because if it's based upon having, somebody always has to pay the price. While Jesus paid the price for us. I'm going to close with this and I want to show you something out of the Bible. And this is something very serious. So that we can move from being in a having mode to a being mode. Are you ready for that? 2 Kings 2. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Kings 2. We see here the servant of God, Elijah, Elisha. Elisha has been faithful. He's been serving his master. He's a prophet. He has done eight miracles. Pursuing him, he says, his heart's desire, he makes his petition known. He says, I want a double portion of what's on your life. And you can go read the whole story. You know it. what happened, and that mantle fell upon him. And we see that Elisha did 16 miracles. Elijah did eight. Elisha did 16 miracles. Yeah, Elisha is the servant of God. He is serving. And he has a servant, Gehazi. And Gehazi should do 32 miracles. Because God will take you from glory to glory. From strength to strength. Amen. So this servant is with his master. He has seen unusual things, but he gets too familiar with God's anointing, God's presence, signs, wonders, and miracles. It's a warning to all of us to not take for granted what we have here. Don't take the presence of God for granted. The Holy Spirit to be here is free, but it's not cheap. It costs Jesus Christ his life. The anointing here costs Jesus Christ his life. So we should never make it cheap. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Go to 2 Kings 5 verse 20. And you know the story about Naaman that got healed. How he first got upset with the man of God when the man of God told him, go dunk yourself, go dip yourself in the Jordan. And he said, why couldn't he come out and wave his hand over me? Can I just tell you something? Sometimes you have an expectation of what the man of God should do, and he doesn't do it. And you can get offended and miss out on your healing, miss out on your deliverance. That's just for free. Luckily, his servants tell him, listen, why don't you just go do it? God is the healer. It's not a man. And he does it and he gets healed. He goes to Elisha and he says to him, I want to give you something because you've prayed for me. He says, no. He says, I'm not going to receive anything. He's pushing him to take something. He says, no. Let's continue verse 20. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God said, look, my master has spared Naaman this syrian because gehasi is in a having mode he says this man of god was stupid he missed out on a big opportunity didn't he see that this man is wealthy this man's got a lot this man wants to give and he said don't give well not receiving from his hand what he brought he says this guy is ready to give and Elisha didn't take anything. But as the Lord lives, it's so amazing how people can bring in God <laughs> in a situation like, this must be God. Well, the man of God didn't see it. I can see this gap. I'm going to take it. I will run after him and take something from him. So Gehazi pursued Naaman. When Naaman saw him running after him, he got down from the chariot to meet him. And he said, is it all well? And he said, all is well, my master. Has sent me. It's lying now, saying, Indeed, just now two young men of the sons of the prophets have come to me from the mountains of Ephron. Please give them a talent of silver and two changes of garments. So Naaman said, Please take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver into bags with two changes of garments. Now I want to just show you something quickly here. Let's just go to verse 16 quickly. Gehazi said, as the Lord lives, I'm going to take this gap. This must be God giving it to me. But here is what Elisha said in verse 6. And he says, but he said, as the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will receive nothing and be urged. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. It was very important for Naaman not to pay anything when he received his healing. Because it was for the salvation of his soul. And the prophet knew that. He said, if he had paid for the healing or had given anything at that time, it would have cost him his salvation. How do I know that? Let's just read on. Verse 17. So Naaman said, then, if not, please let your servant be given two mule loads of earth. For your servant will no longer offer either burnt offerings or sacrifices to other gods, but to the Lord. He says, now that I know the manifestation of God's grace comes with no price tag, I'm going to serve God. He knew the end was not having the healing, but to have a lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Many people think having the healing, having the deliverance, having the breakthrough is the end. It's not the end. The end is being in a relationship with Jesus so that you can maintain what you've got. He knew that. That's why he said, "The God before whom I stand, I cannot receive it now." He says, "If somebody is desperate, he's prepared to give anything." When Naaman left there, he said, "Wow! As soon as I get opportunity to do something for God, whatever I was prepared to give, I'm now going to do double." How do I know that? Because when Gehazi came to him and he said, Give me a garment. He gave two garments. When people come for healing, for breakthrough, for deliverance, they are desperate. They are ready to part with anything to get that. It's not the time then to take advantage of them. There's a time to give and there's a time to receive. It's Elisha's time to be a blessing, an instrument of righteousness so that healing can manifest it was Naaman's time to receive that's why he didn't take anything from him I hope I'm helping some of you here let's continue to read verse 25 let's read from verse 24 when he came to the citadel he took them from their hand and stored them away in his house then he let them, the men, go, and they departed. Now he went in and stood before his master, Elisha, said to him, where did you go, Gahasi? And he said, your servant did not go anywhere. What are you talking about? I've just been here. <laughs> then he said to him, did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Is it time to receive money? He's not saying We're never going to receive anything from Naaman. He's just saying it's not the time now to receive from him. Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing, olive groves and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants, all these things that you want to have, is it now the time to receive it? It is not the time now to receive these things. Therefore the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out from his presence leprous as white as snow. Wow. Can I give you a warning? When you want people's money, be careful that you don't also get their leprosy. He had a having heart. He wanted to have the money of Naaman and he took advantage. But what did you get with that? Leprosy. Do you know what's the worst thing about all of this family? Not only he is the only person recorded in the Bible who did not only get leprosy, but also his descendants. So sometimes when we're in this having mode, it can cost you and your descendants. Since because you're in having mode, you're missing out. God wanted to use Gehazi to be a blessing, to do double the amount of miracles than Elisha. But because he was in a having mode, he missed out on what God had planned for him. Ana Say, so son of David, have mercy on me. He said to Gehazi, Gehazi, it's not our time to receive money. It's not our time to receive clothes. The time will come, but it's not now. God will work in his heart. By the time he had left, God had worked in his heart already to give double. He said, but it's not our time to receive. Let God deal with him. Let God touch and work in his heart to give when he has to give. I mean, we can see a God can touch a matriculant's heart and move on it to give twenty-five thousand rand and then open the door for her to give it. Are you in a having mode? Because students, most of them, if they had twenty-five, thank you, Jesus, I'm going to have a spending spree. Hallelujah! Look what the Lord has done. (laughs) Selfies and everything. Naaman's time will come to give, but it's not now. Elisha knew that if somebody is desperate for healing, especially incurable disease, they will be prepared to give anything. But he knew that that healing is for the salvation of the person's soul, to serve God better. That's why he couldn't take money from him. But if you're in a having mode, you'll seize every opportunity to have Naaman, even, quote, as the Lord lives, this must be God. <laughs> no. What did Jesus say? He said, go into the world, go heal the lepers, cleanse the lepers. Why did he specifically say cleanse the lepers? Freely you've received, freely you give. He knew about this story. Cleansing of lepers cost Nothing. The gift of healing cost nothing. The person who paid the price was Jesus on the cross. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm switching from having mode to being mode. The title of today's sermon is to have or to be? This is the question. Because he shared so many opportunities, he saw all of those things happen, he knew what it was about, but he missed it. There are so many warnings for us in this whole teaching here. When you in having mode, your heart will pull you in the wrong direction. Having mode, the love of having money, can deceive you and pull your heart in so many directions. God is aware of the fact that you need money, but don't pursue money. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. Amen. Life is not what you have. Life is not what you have. It's who you are. Who are you being right now? Amen. Has this challenged you? I want to close with this. If you want to go from having, and I think all of us, we're living a life of being, but sometimes. Situations or circumstances can switch that mode from being to having. Amen? Especially when the petrol price is going up. And you need to have more diesel or petrol in your tank. Amen? Let me see your hand. <laughs> when the food price is going up and you think, Lord, how are we going to feed our family? How? Are... Keep your focus at the right place. Don't fall into that having That having trap. Amen. Luke 12 verse 15 says, And he said to them, Take heed and be aware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Matthew 6 20 says, Store for yourself treasures in heaven. It's not about what you have here, but what do you have in this life you're after. When we give Jesus the rightful place in our hearts, will automatically move from having mode to being mode. Because when Christ has the rightful place in our hearts, it's easy to follow his leading and be a blessing. I'm closing with this. I shared with the people on the prayer meeting on Thursday night about a lady. I was a pastor in, in Bloemfontein. And she was a poor lady. And Every time when I used to go drive out and go visit her, she stayed out on the plots. I used to drive out and go. Come that I'm thinking, how oh, I'm gonna just be a blessing to this lady. And when I meet with her, I say, Auntie, how are you doing? What are you busy doing? And she, she says, No, I'm just being busy. I'm I'm helping some poor people. Then I'm thinking, Oh my God, you are poor. How are you helping poor people? <laughs> and I would say, God, please don't let me stand next to this auntie in heaven one day, because (laughs) have you had moments like that? And I would say, what are you doing? What do you mean you're helping poor people? She says, you know, I'm just buying a loaf of bread and milk, and I give it to them every day for their family with a few children. And, I mean, that doesn't seem like a lot, but, I mean, bread and milk today is, what's it, 50 rand already? That's almost a thousand-rand commitment that she's made. And she was a poor lady. I think that must have been half of her income that she was giving, being a blessing to others instead of having it for herself. And I think if we want to change our community, we have to stop criticizing, we have to stop pointing the finger, stop having an attitude of having more and more and more, but let's say we're going to go out and show the more excellent way and be a blessing. Whatever God has given you, how little or how much, use it to be a blessing. And let's change this community. Let's bring hope to this community that they won't look at the church and think we're just there in a having mode, but we're in being mode. To have or to be That is the question. That decision that you make will determine who you are before God. See you Precious Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy, your tremendous grace. Thank you for helping us to be the best we can be. Thank you that you've empowered us. Thank you that you've blessed us with every blessing in Christ Jesus already. Lord, touch our hearts. Change our hearts. Help us to give Jesus the rightful place in our hearts so that we can be a blessing in our community, in our city, in our province, in our nation, in this continent, in this world, O oh Lord. And we thank you for that. We bless you for that. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. It's not so important to think that you have salvation, but to be saved. So if you want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior, I want you to put your right hand on your heart. Raise your other hand to heaven and pray this prayer loud after me. Say, Precious Father, my situation is beyond human means. I need the Savior of the world to save me. Save me, Lord Jesus. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth and I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ died for me. That he's alive right now, making intercession for all my weaknesses. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me to live a holy life, well-pleasing, In your sight, I am now a child of the Most High God. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer in humility and sincerity of heart, your sins are forgiven. Your past is over. You stop having sin, and you've started being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Stop talking about your past. And start focusing on the good future that God has planned for you. Your past is Egypt, it's a place of bondage. God has taken you out, leading you into the promised land. Amen. If I can give you good advice, find a living church and get involved so that you can grow in the things of the lord amen if you've prayed that prayer here and you from around this area we actually have to take responsibility for you to disciple you to train you in the things of the lord if you're from far away find a living church get involved there and serve there like never before amen has your faith been lifted has your faith been lifted have you switched from having mode to being mode turn to the person as you say i'm going to be a blessing say whether you like it or not I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I'm blessed already. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.